One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. You know who I think made a wise investment, a good ROI, as they say? ROI, return yeah. on investment. Right. Who? Lester Crown. Lester Crown? Yep. That name sounds familiar. But he's a wealthy guy based in Chicago. I think he's still alive. Okay. The Crown family is very famous. Okay. But more particular for my purpose, mm. Jeffrey Sonnenfeld. That's why he sounds familiar. Jeffrey Sonnenfeld is the Lester yes. Crown Professor of Leadership Practice at the Yale School of Management. Now, I like to give a proper introduction to my guests. So that's the sort of thing that I mention, in addition to saying that he's the Senior Associate Dean for Leadership Studies at Yale. But if you're Lester Crown, right, and you're writing a check to Yale, you want someone like Jeffrey Sonnenfeld. Because then, then, like every time Sonnenfeld is properly introduced, right. people are like, oh, wow, every he's the he's, Lester Crown every professor. Every time he's written about, every yeah. time he's on radio, every yeah. time he's on TV, it's brilliant. If my ship ever came in mm-hmm. and I endowed a faculty chair, you'd want to, you'd want, I'm looking for someone like Sonnenfeld. <laughs> okay? This is the aforementioned Professor Jeffrey Sonnenfeld. Hello, Professor. Hi, I'm most honored, and uh, I t- hopefully Lester Crown doesn't mind the association, but yeah, he is part of that great generation of that soldier generation that is uh, happily, he's still with us uh, well into his 90s, but going going strong. He's a lot of the driving force behind the Aspen Institute and, and things like that. But when you're a professor and you have a chair in leadership and you have a chair that's called the Crown, Crown Chair, it sounds very regal. So does he get a say in who occupies the crown chair and vice versa? Do you get to decide if you want to be the occupier of the crown chair? I'm just curious. Well, they they, they offered it to me, I don't know, about 20 years ago, and I jumped at it. I, I knew him, his family, his reputation. Uh, so I, I was thrilled. They are huge beneficiaries of Chicago in, in addition to the nation at large. Uh, whether or not they can reject me, I don't know. Hopefully I won't say anything <laughs> in the next few minutes to tempt them to do so. So, Professor, it's deja vu all over again. You and I have had this conversation in the context of immigration, I think abortion, certainly guns and voting rights. The issue being, should corporations be getting involved in these matters? And now you have taken it to a whole new level with this list of, what is it, 33, the the, the bad actors, the ones who are still involved in business in Russia. Uh, that's exactly right. You know, and um, sometimes we hear people tell us, you know, to CEOs, well, you, you should stay in your lane. And right. I got to wonder, like, what world they're in? Are they, what lane are they talking about? The breakdown lane is that this is very much a part of the strategic context of any business leader, as much as disruptive technologies and changing workforce demographics and and you know new new market opportunities. This is part of it, and. Jeez, to not understand and have a role to how to navigate the geopolitical landscape is it would be bewildering. Somebody doesn't consider that mainstream. So you so you would say to the the parent company of Cinnabon and Carvel ice cream and Schlotzky's and Auntie Anne's pretzel, they're called focus brands. 
you should be putting higher priority on democracy in Ukraine than your bottom line. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I actually know the uh, the owners of that company pretty well, and uh, once served on a board with them, they're very very good people. And somehow they weren't watching this one closely. I think they've been making a shift overnight as a as a consequence of this list. You know, uh, I, I used to tell both you guys, I, I we didn't create this list intending to be punitive or inspirational, but just to unravel whatever smokescreen public relations people were creating that were confusing the really courageous good guys with the wannabes, or or at least not even wannabes, people who are just creating, I think, um, uh, some very misleading uh, some very misleading commentary as to what they were really doing. So we just wanted to clarify who's doing what. And, and that wound up having a salutary effect on the courageous ones and gave, uh, gave courage to the wannabes that couldn't quite get there and also wound up creating a, an unexpected hall of shame on that last group. Professor Sonnenfeld, this gets a little tricky and might, might present some unintended consequences. Let me tell you what I'm thinking of. So... For example, Dana Milbank did a great job in writing all about you and naming the names. And one of the names is Subway. And what Dana Milbank writes in the post is this. While selling you the All-American Club, it's giving Ukrainians the cold cock combo by refusing to cut loose its 446 Russian franchises. There's a Subway that I like to go to, and I'm thinking, I think that's owned by, you know, a small businessman or woman in, in a community that I'm thinking of. I don't want American consumers to take it out on that poor guy or that poor woman because of something that the parent is doing in Ukraine. Do you follow my point? Well, I do follow the point, and they are local franchisees largely but not exclusively here in the U.S., and it's not like we're getting an easy listing of which are the ones which are company-owned and which ones are are local family entrepreneurs and things. But it is putting a, sending a message back, and that franchisee is sending a sharp message back to the franchisor that's right down the road from me here, by the way, outside of New Haven, that they should they should catch up and do the right thing. And it's uh, and, and sadly that's the way we have to get the message across: is consumer behavior matters, and uh, uh, that uh, that it's voting with their dollars. And we're getting that feedback from employees, from investors. When you know we went on air with the list of the companies that were in the digging in category, as some would call the bad guys, that hall of shame, now 34 of them. It was about 50 of them a week ago. The the, the stock literally, uh, it was actually a week ago Tuesday, is enlisting those companies. By the end of the day, their stocks had all plunged anywhere from 12 to 35%. The market was only down uh, th- three to, rich index, three to 5% that day. So investors are speaking and employees are speaking back too. It's not just consumer boycotts. So are you taking it to the next level and telling my nationwide audience, don't purchase these products when you're at the supermarket or when you're making a retail decision because you want the word somehow to get to the top of the corporate hierarchy? Well, I think they should feel shame. They should be identified, know who they are, feel some pressure. There's some very tortured logic that people have had out there for Mondelez to argue that they're providing humanitarian nutrition to Russians. and. You know, I, Oreos and Cadbury uh, chocolates are, are pretty important staples around this household, I admit. But I don't really think that they are foundational nutrition requirements for Russia. And even if they were, they should be they should be challenged. Mondelez has throttled back a little bit, by the way. But mainly, it's these companies that are forestalling future investment. And these uh, uh, these cliche drenched statements about oh, how our hearts and prayers are with the Ukraine civilians, and then they're continuing business as usual. So. I think that column that you mentioned by Dana Milbank in, in the Washington Post 
is a very good one for identifying what are what are brands that people should pay attention to. But there also are companies that are not that uh, accessible to the average consumer that are some heavy industry uh, uh, companies. You wonder what they're doing. The oil servicing companies of Baker Hughes and Halliburton and, and Schlumberger. And again, the average listener doesn't have a lever to pull there, but it's just to know that those companies are definitely uh, basically working in collusion with the most murderous regime in, in the uh, in the lifetime of anybody listening to this to this show. Has your phone been burning up with blowback from because I know you know all these. We've spoken in the past how you have this golden Rolodex. You, you're on a first name basis with these CEOs. Have they been reaching out for you and telling you to back off? You know, we're 23 days into this uh, or so, and I've been hearing from CEOs exclusively for the first week and a half, almost the first two weeks. Well, I've got to tell you, the last four or five days, Michael, I'm only hearing from public relations people, anxious ones from within the firm on the outside, sending these these gauzy statements that the more you read of them, the less you know. And it's, I'm not hearing from those CEOs because these are the CEOs that, that are ashamed and know we're going to nail them by asking Specifically, what activities were you engaged in in Russia? And specifically, what have you curtailed? Uh, and they don't want to get into that exchange, so they send these platoon, platoons of PR people to try to wear us down. And we just say, you know, show us the facts, show us the evidence, and we will reclassify. We have a, a little tiny team working literally 24-7 on this. Professor, it's completely final- non-commercial or anything, of course, and we're, we're happy for anybody to, uh, to make use of it. Final question, uh, as, as, as if on direction, when I say so long to Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, I think the first call I'm about to take is from a subway shop owner in Massachusetts who says, I think is going to say, her name is Nancy, hey, we don't have any control over this. So what, what should I tell Nancy when she says it's not fair to me that there'll be blowback that I will feel? They should, they should call into the corporate office and make demands. These franchisees, just like in the hospitality business, the hotel owners, and, uh, in, they, they all have tremendous voice. They can, they can fire back. They have control over marketing. They have a lot of levers that they can pull depending on their franchise agreements. But sitting there passively, they can also put up signs of condemnation to let, let their, uh, their consumers know that they don't subscribe to the national policies of their, of their outfit, of their firm. But they can certainly send the message back. This is true of, you know, of, of Young Brands and all the others, but also um, – they, they could there's a lot of things that subways could be doing in Russia that they're not doing. They could try to buy out franchises. There's many things that they could do. I mean, I hear that point, but my, I have to say I, I'm torn because my heart breaks for Nancy. If, if I'm looking for a sandwich today in in Boston and I'm driving down and you know, I got Jersey Mike's on one side of the block and Nancy on the other at Subway, I don't think it's fair that she should suffer. Well, you know, at, at, at the Jersey Mike should be rewarded for having apparently built a business around a better brand for now. But that's the whole idea of the Subway's brand. What does it stand for? It doesn't stand for Nancy. If it was Nancy's subs, go there. But if she wants to hide under the Subway's brand, then she has bought into all that stands for. Tell her to open up Nancy's subs across the street and put Jersey Mike out of business. I hope Lester Crown is not offended by anything you just said. No, I mean, Nancy is. Thanks. Uh, Professor Sonnenfeld, thank you for allowing me again to intrude on your day. I appreciate it. Always great to talk with you. Thanks a lot. I might say one thing is David Petraeus, General Petraeus, was just told me in an earlier call moments ago that he is bewildered and finds it completely um, uh, indefensible 
that any of these uh, American companies are still operating there. Um, but anyhow, I'll let that go at that point. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. That's Jeffrey Sonnenfeld from Yale. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. I'm grateful to Nancy. Nancy, thank you so much for holding on during that brief intermission. I really am eager to hear your response to Professor Sonnenfeld. So you are a Subway shop owner. Do you want to tell us where specifically? Sure. I don't mind telling you that at all. Um, I have three shops. One is in southern New Hampshire in a small town called Jaffrey, home of Mount Monadnock. Um, the other two are one is in Winchington and the other one is in Athol. They're small towns. I employ about 30 people between my three stores. I've had my oldest store for 29 years and I didn't want to have Nancy's subs because I felt that that would be a hard road to go down years ago. Um, so I chose Subway because I love their product. I'm a vegetarian and it's always been a great product. So now um, I fear that this conversation is going to do exactly what you're thinking is going to keep people from coming to our stores. And that's going to be devastating for me. I'm a franchisee and I don't know if a lot of people know what that means. Excuse me. But um, we pay um, a percentage of our sales every um, week goes to Subway, our franchisor. Um, We're independently owned. And from my understanding, the stores in Russia are independently owned people, just like me. They're just Russians trying to make a living. So although I understand um, and I feel the same way about some products, I don't I, I don't want to buy them. But to actually boycott subway franchises is going to hurt many, many people in this country. Well, I'm thinking of not only you, but now I'm thinking of your 30 employees. I mean, you know, well, here's, exactly. here's, here's a woman, here's a man, here, here are people, uh, I'm sure, coming from a variety of backgrounds, showing up for work every day, making sandwiches, cleaning the place, doing what's necessary to keep your lights on. And through no fault of theirs, with nothing they did, all of a sudden, the idea that a customer would stay away, that doesn't seem fair. Now, Professor Sonnenfeld, I guess, says, well, you should be turning up the heat on your parent company. Uh, I don't know what your response is to that. 
Well, I mean, I can certainly voice my opinion, but I, I'm, I mean, I think they're understand there must be legalities involved and they can't just go over there and shut a bunch of subways down. Right. Um, these people have bought, I mean, I spent money to buy the franchise. I, I paid for all the equipment that, and everything, and I own all of that. So I don't know how Subway can go and say, no, you can't sell subs right now have, have you um, noticed it, have you noticed any decline in i mean this issue i don't know how widespread it is up until now now that the list is being you know published it may impact you have you noticed any decline in the last few days in your business no not yet i i, I don't think that um our people are that aware of it and my towns are blue collar towns they're working people right um you know so i i don't know how deep it's gone into you know, the the psyche of people yet. But I'm sure there were, are some people that are aware of it. And I'm sure that we will um, get blowback. And I'm not sure I want to put a sign on my door that, you know, like he said, I should maybe put a sign on my door and say, you know, <laughs> I support, we support, you know, Ukraine and, and not our parent company. I, I'm not sure that that's going to be a good um idea either i was i was kind of thinking that maybe you put a, a blue and gold ukrainian flag of some kind in the window yeah that's um, a good idea though. you know you don't have to, like print something i mean you don't want to be i get it you don't want to besmirch your parent with a sign that's probably a headache you don't need but to put a ukrainian flag could be a, a way to deal with this yeah, I don't know. That's a good idea. I don't know. Hey, um, do you mind if I put you on hold and take your phone number? Because I would like to make it easier than you having to call me and try and get through these blinking phone lines. I'd, I'd like to call you back in a couple of days and just see what's going on. OK, that would be fine. I, I would. I mean, I would like a report and you can you know, you can tell. Okay. Us. And by yeah. the way, I, I want people who are eating lunch today in the three locations that you identified. Do you have a good tuna hoagie? <laughs> yes, we have great tuna. Okay. With a little provolone? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to put you on hold. Give us your phone number if you're comfortable doing so. Uh, I wish you good things. That's Nancy in Massachusetts. Uh, Dan, Seth, Alex, take her phone number down. And, and if she'd you be so it. kind as to give me her name. And then we can call her in a couple of days and just see how business is. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Hey, Phil is standing by in New Jersey. Phil, you wanted to make a comment about Nancy, the Subway franchisee. So I'm eager to hear it. Yeah, I, sorry about sidelining your, Garth. It's all right. No, 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 no. Discussion, but, Please. 
Um, yeah, I owned a, an auto repair franchise you know, a while ago. I, I own a different franchise now. But um, I think Professor Seinerfeld is a little harsh saying that she's hiding the Subway brand. Um, you know, there's, I believe, 21,000 different Subway owners. And to think it all agreed to get behind and chastise their, you know, their ownership for um, being in Russia, you know, you, it's like herding cats. You can't get 21,000 people with all sorts of different backgrounds, uh, socioeconomic, uh, you know, locations. She owns three. That's probably a pretty small number of, uh, of franchises for one owner, you know, for a subway. So, but I'm sure there are some that are single owners too. So all agree and, and pressure. Realistic. You know, that's it reminds my, that's my main thing. Yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, I, I, I'd like to punish Russia. I don't want to punish her 30 employees in the process. It reminds me of something else. Thank you, Phil. It reminds me of <clears throat> a hotel, famous hotel, the Pink Hotel in Los Angeles, the Beverly Hills Hotel, which was the subject of uh, a protest that went on for quite some time with a lot of celebrities who would not stay there because... What came to light is that it was in, it was owned by the Sultan of Brunei, and the Sultan of Brunei had said at some point that he was supportive of Sharia law. And so word spread among a lot of celebrities. I, my recollection is that it was Jay Leno. I wrote about this at the time. I think I even did a commentary on it on CNN. In fact, I know I did. And Jay Leno led the charge by doing a presser across the street in Will Rogers Park on Sunset Boulevard, if you know that part of the world, and imploring people not to go to, not to stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I remember looking into it at the time and recognizing, I want to say that they had 500 employees and that the people who were going to suffer were going to be those 500 Angelinos who were working in a variety of service-related positions. And I thought that his... Uh, boycott was unwarranted. And I said so at the time. I also remember that when I really got into the facts of it, it seemed like there was more of a union issue lurking than anything else, that the, the hotel had been non-union uh, for its existence and that there'd always been an effort to make it a union hotel as well as its neighboring uh, Bel Air hotel. And that the people who were upset about the hotel because it was not a union place used this as a means of getting a lot of bad publicity for the hotel. But my takeaway was the same as Nancy's sub, which is what about the employees of this place? They're the ones who are going to suffer. If nobody goes there, then they're not going to need a housekeeper. They're not going to need people in laundry. They're not going to people valet or wait on the tables or, you know, work at the pool. So who are you really going to hurt in that? These things are complicated is what I'm trying to say. These things are, are tricky. Uh, when you get right down to it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.